Welcome to the Military OneSource podcast. Military OneSource is an official program of the Defense Department with tools, information, and resources to help families navigate all aspects of military life. For more information, visit militaryonesource.mil. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Bruce Moody. We're welcoming Carol Cando Pineda back to the podcast today. She is with the Federal Trade Commission in their Division of Consumer and Business Education. We're going to talk about the current state of online scams. We had Carol on this podcast about a year ago to talk about online scams, and she's back with us today because technology continues to change, looking at UAI, and the cat and mouse game played by scammers continues. So if you think that these scams are just too obvious, the ones that you see in your inbox, and you'll never get burned, I really encourage you to stick around and listen to our conversation. Carol, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much, Bruce. I'm thrilled to be here. It's great to have you back. This is going to be a really interesting conversation. But first, what is the Federal Trade Commission and what is it that you do? Well, you know, in a nutshell, the FTC is the nation's consumer protection agency. So we work to stop fraud, deception and unfair business practices. We do that in a number of ways, mostly through law enforcement cases but also through education, the, uh, these kinds of programs where we get out into the community and talk to people and tell them what we've learned in our investigations and what we're learning about fraud as it evolves. And then we also have a very strong network of partners like DOD, like CFPB, but like public libraries and, and other kinds of organizations like Legal Aid to, to reach as many people as possible in the community and to leverage how many consumers that we can get to. Okay, so what is the work that you do with the military community? So we've always had outreach to the military. We've always focused on trying to share with service members and their families and with veterans all kinds of information about avoiding scams and making wise money decisions on other consumer protection issues. But about 10 years ago, we made it sort of a more formal collaboration through our military consumer initiative. And we developed that very closely with DOD's Office of Financial Readiness and with the CFPB and a variety of other military, federal and state partners. Good. People we all know. Now, the last time that we spoke, you were sharing the scams that the FTC saw trending during COVID. So, Bring us up to date. What's changed? What are you seeing now? What kind of reports are you getting? How much money has been lost? So as you know, scams do change over time. You know, they evolve, they respond to the current landscape, whatever's happening in the world. And COVID scams are fading because the public health emergency is over. We're still seeing online shopping scams. Those spiked during COVID and they've never gone back down again probably a little bit less, but they're still out there. But last year, in 2022, FTC got more than 2.4 million reports from consumers. Okay, so quite a bit. But here's the interesting thing. The number of reports actually has gone down from in 2022. But the amount of losses reported is way, way up. It's nearly $9 billion in losses to fraud in 2022. That's 2 billion more than what we saw in 2021. So the fraud numbers are, um, the losses are up. Okay, so (laughs) the grab has gotten greater. Now, when we were discussing how to put together this episode, what to bring in, you mentioned the sort of merging of romance scams and 
investment scams. <laughs> this is a very interesting blend. So how does the bringing together the romance scams and the, and the investment scams work? Yeah, it, it is kind of a strange blend, isn't it? But it makes sense when you see how it, you hear how it plays out, right? So just in general, there have been big losses with romance scams. In 2022, consumers reported to us that they lost $1.3 billion in romance scams. Okay, so a giant chunk of those overall losses came from romance scams. So the, the blending with investment scams is kind of a new twist. Your online love interest, and, and they may approach you not just on a dating site, but on social media, they may try to slip into the DMs, uh, uh, approach you online somehow that way. Um, they'll claim to be a successful cryptocurrency investor, and they want to teach you how it's done. Um, they may be checking out different social media posts that you've done to get a sense of whether you're in the market to date or in a relationship and or whether you're interested in investing or, or any of those things before they they try to cultivate you. And they'll spend some time trying to get to know you and to gain your trust. And then they'll say, look, if we're going to have a future, you know, we need to start planning for our future together. We're going to get married. This is what we need to do. I'm going to teach you how this is done so that you can make some real money in cryptocurrency. But by that point, you know, you may trust them. You may uh, think that you're in some sort of a friendship or relationship with them. They may actually set up fake dashboards so that you send them a small amount of money and you can log in supposedly to this website and look around and see your money there and maybe even uh, pull a little bit of it out. And so people feel like, oh, this is legitimate. I can trust this person. And I've actually gotten on the site and I've tried to get my money out. So it's all okay. But that's not, they've set all of that up just to, to trick you into feeling comfortable. Because once you actually send them a significant investment, once you send them that 10, 20, $30,000, they disappear, that website comes down, You, your money is gone, and you have no idea where it went. It's impossible to get back. Amazing. So that is the elaborate long con. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A romance scam is kind of a long con because they, they will take the time to, to try to make you feel like they're getting to know you and, and to gain your trust. All right. Another attempt, another approach would be maybe the simpler short-term perhaps, and that would be text messages. So scammers are using text messages as a different way of trying to get your money. Uh, what do these texts look like? What are they trying to accomplish? Yeah, so you're exactly right on that. The, the appeal of text message scams to scammers is that it's quick. They're counting on the fact that something comes in and it's going to be irresistible. And they're hoping if they can uh, get you excited or frightened or panicked about something that you'll act on it immediately. And once you click that link, you're going to go to a fake website or you're going to get a phone call from a scammer. And that's when the scam takes off. So the top text message scams that we had seen in the last few years, there's several of them, but I'm just going to focus on these top two, the one impersonating bank fraud alerts. So, you know, it looks like uh, they're trying to warn you that somebody's uh, taken money out of your account or this charges against your account. Was this yours? Just to get you to click and say, no, this wasn't mine. I didn't buy that. But if you click, you're going to get a phone call and they're going to pretend to be from the fraud department, right? But they're fake. And so you're going to probably think, oh, it's okay to share all kinds of information with them so that they can help straighten out your account. But really, they're just taking money from whatever account number that you shared. 
The second text message scam involves fake package deliveries. So uh, they pretend to be from the U.S. Postal Service, from FedEx, from UPS. They say there's a problem with the delivery. They link to a fake website and they tell you, share your credit card number or some other personal information so that you can get this straightened out or let them know that it's not actually yours or you know where it should be delivered to or whatever the, the story is. There's just some sort of a problem with the delivery. And of course, who doesn't expect to get a delivery at some point, you know, during their week, right? We're all doing online shopping and getting deliveries. So it's very likely that they may hit somebody that is expecting to get a package and they may actually be concerned that there's a problem with it. And so they're going to try to click on that link or enter that information into a website where they'll get a phone call and try to work things out with somebody, but it's a scammer. Yeah. So a scammer is looking across the whole landscape of people and saying, somebody getting this text is wondering where their package is. And it's that meeting that person at that emotional moment. And that's what they're they're looking for. Right. And and texts are very cheap and easy for the scammer to send. So if they send out millions, chances are they'll hit some subset of people that are going to respond to that text. And that's, you know, where they make uh, their money. Okay. So since we last spoke, AI has uh, really jumped into the center of it all. So it's new to us. We're still trying to get our heads around what it all means and what it's going to do for us. Uh, of course, the scammers are already active in this area. What is it that scammers are currently doing with AI? You're right. I think many of us have been sort of fascinated with developments with AI and, and watching how things are evolving. And um, to many of us, it's occurred to us how this could be used in scams. And we've sort of been trying to see where it's popping up. The first instance that I've seen is uh, involving voice cloning and using that in impersonation scams. So in particular, family emergency scams. So someone may get a phone call and it may sound like that they have kidnapped a family member and you need to pay a ransom to get your family member back. And in the background, you hear the voice of your family member. And it may sound very threatening or like they're being hurt or that uh, they're pleading with you uh, for help. And so you can imagine that would cause horrible panic and fear and, and dread and that you need to do something immediately to figure out what the situation is and, and to stop it and to help your family member. But that's all done through AI voice cloning. So the scammers can take a recording of you on social media, online someplace. They can take recordings of your voice, clone it through AI, and then make it appear that your loved one is saying anything that they want that person to say. So you can imagine the kind of havoc that wreaks and how upset people would be and how you're much more willing to send somebody payment if you think it's going to make the problem go away. And so what we have told people is probably the most important thing to do is to get somebody else to help you try to contact that person or put that phone, that call on hold and try to contact the person yourself. Uh, you know, if you're thinking clearly enough and you're able to do it, because chances are you'll be able to reach them and they'll say, I'm fine. I'm okay. I'm at, at school. I'm at home or I'm, you know, at a relative's house. Don't worry about me. I'm okay. That's a scam. And then you can hang up on that other phone call. And I know that's asking a lot because if, if 
you're in a situation of super high emotion. But that's the whole point of knowing these warning signs is knowing that if somebody is triggering you with that kind of emotion and they're asking you to pay in these particular ways, you want to take a step back and try to figure it out before you take any action. And that's really it. The trigger is the high emotion. So yes, AI is very sophisticated, but text messages are not. Romance is, uh, you know, sophisticated in its own way. But really, whether we're talking about the high tech AI or low tech text messages, these tactics are not especially high tech. It's really getting us to make decisions based on our emotions. So talk about what is it that they're trying to achieve and how can somebody guard against this? You hit the nail on the head, Bruce, that the, the scammers are, they're very professional. They know what they're doing. They know how to target us, right? They know how to create those emotions. And some of these more high-tech methods are just ways for them to create those emotions and to create that urgency and to try to play it against you. And as I said, they want to knock you off balance just long enough. They only need you to be in that suspended state just long enough for you to share information with them or make arrangements to pay them, right? So that's what they're aiming for. And the most important thing to remember, I think the biggest warning sign, because when you're in that sort of a state, you, you need something like a big bright red flag, something that you'll remember to help you slow down and stop and to think and, and get yourself back on balance is pay attention to how they ask you to pay. So if you're in one of these situations and somebody is threatening you or pretending to help you, but they're asking you in this urgent situation to pay them using gift cards, a wire transfer, a mobile payment app, or cryptocurrency, it's probably a scam. And you definitely should slow down, take a breath, stop, think about it, maybe try to contact somebody you know to bounce it off of them. And that's probably what's going to help you to say no and avoid that scam. Such an interesting conversation. It never ceases to amaze me. But Carol, as you were discussing what the FTC does, you did mention that people contact the FTC to report having been scammed. So for those who have never done that before, if they find themselves in a situation and they want to report something, how do they do this? Yeah. So... Consumers want to go to reportfraud.ftc.gov. And that's true whether you've lost money to a scam or whether you've just encountered a scam. If you've seen a scam, we want to hear about it at reportfraud.ftc.gov. So those complaints, those reports all go into a big database and it helps us analyze the trends that we see and how scams are evolving and whether the volume of complaints is going up, whether the volume of losses is going up the way the losses are happening. And it's a really helpful tool for our attorneys and investigators to build cases. We also share those reports with other law enforcement agencies so that they can build cases as well. So that even if FTC can't necessarily bring a particular kind of a case, maybe another enforcement agency is able to do that. I do want to caution people that not to expect that they're going to get like a, a case number and somebody following up with them. It's not that kind of a, of a system, but it's still really critical for us to hear what people are seeing in the marketplace and to see the kinds of scams that they're seeing, because that's our way to maybe help somebody else 
not lose money and to build cases so that we can get some money back to consumers. Carol, as we as we wrap up the conversation, I just welcome any any final thoughts. Yeah. So if if people only remember one thing from our talk today, I would want it to be always pay attention to how somebody is asking you to pay. If they're asking you, if they're pressuring you, especially if there's an urgent situation and they want you to send them money through a gift card, wire transfer, a payment app or cryptocurrency, it's probably a scam. Perfect. We'll leave it at that. Carol Cando Pineda, thank you for joining us. Carol is with the Federal Trade Commission. Great to have you with us. Thank you, Bruce. Absolutely. Want to remind everybody that Military One Source is an official resource of the Defense Department. We hope to hear from you. Click on the link in the program notes and send us a comment, a question, maybe an idea for a future episode. And be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts, because we cover a wide range of topics to help military families navigate military life. I'm Bruce Moody. Thanks so much for listening. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.